What's up, everyone? It's Mike Andes, and you're listening to the Business Bootcamp Podcast, episode 229. I was looking at it today. I just thought it was amazing. It seems like yesterday I started the podcast, but episode 229. Today, we are talking about every door direct mail, the numbers that are possible, the different metrics, the percentage of return on those, and we're also talking about online quoting, the do's, the don'ts, the pros, the cons, what I'm doing with online bidding and quoting, and what you can learn from it. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to today's sponsor, which is Gusto, gusto.com slash bootcamp. Uh, what, what makes Gusto different, or what makes Gusto valuable to the small business owner? I actually think the biggest thing is 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 the is really just being very open and very being very transparent with your employees about where their money is going. A lot of employees they it's a little bit disconcerting when a third of your paycheck just disappears and you might get a check from your employer. They should they deserve to know where that money is going. Uh, Gusto has a great dashboard for all of your employees where they can see all their paychecks. They can see year-to-date stuff, their total payroll. They can also see when their next paycheck is coming up. They can see on each pay period their pay breakdown. So they can see their net pay. They can see how much of it went to federal tax, how much went to state tax, what the deductions were for things like child support and things like that. So it's a fantastic way to be very transparent with your people about where their money is going and I promise you, being transparent with your people always, always is ROI positive. Uh, it's something that we've implemented more and more with our company, and I don't regret it, and we're going to continue to do just that. So I encourage you, gusto.com slash bootcamp. Real quick, someone asked me the other day, before we get into today's show, someone asked me the other day if I still just kind of shoot from the hip on these episodes. 95% of the time I do. Once in a blue moon, I will take a jot down a few notes. For instance, on the last episode, I mentioned like a list of five things. Uh, those things I just quickly jot down on a piece of paper. But for instance, today, I'm shooting again from the hip. Uh, I read the questions. I like the questions. I drag them into a folder if I start to see the same questions over and over. And I feel like they're a representation of the listenership. And so today, we are going to be Taking a couple questions that have come in, and these are ones that are common themes, and I want to address them. Uh, I've addressed some of this before, especially EDDM, Every Door Direct Mail, um, but I want to dig a little bit deeper into some of these things. So, first of all, uh, what is Every Door Direct Mail? It's uh, basically through the USPS, the United States Postal Service. You can go on their website, and if you just search USPS space EDDM, that's E-D-D-M. Uh, the reason I say it slow is because the very first time someone told me about that, it took me like 20 shots at Google before I finally found what I was looking for. But every door direct mail, don't do it through some company online that says they do this as like their profession, every door direct mail. You don't have to go through some other third party. Go right to USPS and you can look on their website, get the mailers uh, and see which routes are the net worth of people in those in those in those mail routes, uh, what the average age of people in those mail routes are, and you can t- get very specific targeting as far as even in your local area, specific neighborhoods, and things like that. Very very powerful tool that is useful for print marketing efforts. And so, every door direct mail. So this is a question that comes in from Nathan. Nathan writes in. He says, "Hey Mike, thanks for all your awesome content you have been putting out lately. 
as I am getting ready to do all my marketing for the year, I have something I want to run by you and see what you think. I plan on saturating a neighborhood that has just under 5,000 homes. I can hit this neighborhood four times with EDDM for a total of $5,600 for 20,000 mailers. I heard the standard response rate is 1%, and if I close 50%, then I would be able to get 80 new clients. What do you think about this? Does that sound about right to you? It just seems too easy to me and am not sure if I am over projecting how many clients I could get with this. What are your thoughts? Thanks again for your help. So first of all, let me say this. It all depends. Um, it depends on your industry. It depends on your your ask. What are you trying to sell? And then what are, are you offering a $50 gift? discount are you offering a free service just for free like with no strings attached are you just doing an advertisement as far as just basically giving a glorified business card to everyone in that neighborhood so it really depends on that's the main thing the creative is the most important what is your header what is the pictures that you have what is the offer that you are giving these people the better the offer, the better the response rate. And the better the response rate, the better the close ratio. So uh, it really depends. And a lot of times people look at the cost of sending out these mailers and they think, oh, for instance, I'm just going to use Nathan's example. He's spending $5,600 uh, to uh, send out all these mailers. The thing is, you got to usually give something away on these mailers to get people to call you. Free services, um, uh, uh, some sort of a gift card, etc. I'm not too worried about that, but remember that is a cost. For instance, if you're doing giving away a free mowing service, and you know 500 people take you up on that, all of a sudden you're spending an extra you know 2,500 dollars uh, times five, so you're looking at like a lot of money. <laughs> you're looking at like 12 grand, 12 grand in additional services that you're giving away for free in order to get those people to contact you. So. Uh, like I said, it just really comes down to the offer. That's a big thing. The industry, that's a big thing. Uh, now, this is what I would say. Don't ever use this quote-unquote standard response rates for marketing. It's an absolute joke. Don't use the, the you know quote-unquote standard click-through ratio or the standard cost per click. Like every single ad, especially digital, varies so incredibly. Literally, I've seen Facebook ads that the customer acquisition cost is literally $500 to get a customer to click on something, go to a website, fill out a form, go to a webinar, the webinar converts, and like going down the funnel and becoming a customer. I've seen that to be $500 or more uh, for digital. I've seen the same you know digital ad be $5 per customer acquisition. Uh, and so it all comes back to the offer and and what you're trying to what you're trying to pitch. So I want to go really most more specifically though towards your question here, Nathan, and and really answer this question. And that is the the bottom line is I just get afraid when people start talking about standard response rates, one uh, percent for EDDM. So essentially what Nathan's doing here is he's taking five thousand homes, he's going to hit them four times for a total of twenty thousand mailers, and He's going to spend $5,600 doing so. And so now the question is, can he make 80 new clients using this 1%? Because it all comes back to the response rate, right? Because if, if you you should know your close ratio. So assuming here, Nathan knows his, that he thinks that he can close 50% of people. You should know that. That should be a number that you do know. You don't always know what the standard response rate or what the response rate of any mailer or uh 
online ad or offer is going to be, but you should know your close ratio. You should know the, the percentage of people that when they contact your business after seeing some form of marketing, you should know the percentage of people that you can close. You should know that number, and if it's 50%, that's decent, that's pretty good. And so you wanna know that number so that you can take as many variables out of these cost equations when it comes to your marketing. So for instance, let's just go over this real quick. Nathan has you know, his cost, obviously, of at least he has 5,000 homes, 20,000 mailers. Those are definite numbers. You can figure that out pretty easily. Uh, then he has two very uh, varying digits here. That is number one, the response rate, and then number, number two, the close ratio. You want to get as many variables as possible out of the equation. You want to take out that close ratio. So by knowing your close ratio, you can really eliminate more, you can like not eliminate, but you can reduce the amount of variability in your marketing because you can take out another one of those variables in that equation. And so what what, what Nathan's trying to do here is he, he's asking, okay, Number one, first of all, Nathan, I think your math might be off a bit. I could be wrong, but I think if you do 1% response rate on 5,000, that's 50 people, and if you do that four times, you're going to come up with 200 approximately, a little bit less uh, because of just you know 50 coming off, but it's going to be approximately 200 people that would contact you, and if you're closing 50% of those, you'd be looking at 100 clients, so approximately you know, 80, 100, whatever. Um, so directly to answer your question, Nathan, do I think that you're going to get 80 people? Maybe. Yeah, it's absolutely possible. I've seen people do better. I've seen people do 5%. I've seen, I've seen, literally, I've seen everything. Like I, the EDDM, you know, like I said, you can get everywhere from 0.001% uh, response rates, re response rates to 5% response rates. It all depends on the call to action. What are you trying to get the client to do? I see way too many mailers. I see way too many digital ads. I see too much marketing not having a clear call to action. And I get it. Some people are going to say, well, you need to do branding. Well, I get branding. I totally understand that. But as small business owners, we don't have a lot of money usually to be spending a bunch of money on branding as much as deriving revenue to our business. And I know people don't sometimes agree with that. I do believe you can do branding and and go for a sale at the same time. Now, that being said, even when you're branding, I believe there's got to be a clear call to action. There's got to be a there's got to be a clear button to push. There's got to be a clear do I call these this company? Do I text this company? Do I email this company? Do I need to go to their website and fill out a form? What do I need to do as the as the customer, as the consumer to do business with this company? I find way too many ads online, in print, whatever it is, doesn't have a clear call to action. I, as the consumer, want to do business. I want to figure out how I need to contact this company, what form of communication they want me to use in order to make this transaction happen. But far too often, we try to bombard our clients and our potential customers with possibilities of ways to reach us. We put our email address, we put our phone number, we put a contact form, we put buttons, we put banners, we put uh, follow us here and then it should be very clear especially on a mailer what you want them to do. Do you want them to call you? If so, make sure that phone number is massive. Make sure all the arrows point that direction. Make sure in your text that you are in your copy that you are mentioning that you can they can call the office. You don't need to mention there are five different ways of communication. Figure out what your call to action is and what method of communication you want your customers to use. That will dramatically increase the amount of 
of, of, of response rate that you get from mailers, online advertisement, whatever it is. You gotta think about this as far as how do you reduce the friction from someone that's interested in responding to your mailer or to your ad, how do you reduce the friction from them going from that to becoming a lead? That's the way you lose everyone. Because I would say out of the 5,000 homes, let's say 3,000 of them need this this service. So 3,000 people would actually take some interest. The thing is, literally, you're gonna get 200 out of those 3,000 that'll actually become a lead. That's your biggest drop rate right there, is from the, because like, if you're sending to 5,000 people, like I said, let's just run the numbers, 3,000 of them probably could use your services, want you to need someone to do their services, they already have a landscaper if you're doing lawn care, for instance, uh, and they need your services. Uh, 200 people contact you. That's the biggest drop from the, the amount of people that need, are interested in your services to the people that actually contact you. So you want to reduce the friction from that. Too many people start thinking about, well, how do I convert them the 200? And they start, how, how, that's important. That's important. Like I said, you got to know that close ratio percentage. However, too many people get wrapped up in that and they forget the very fact that they're losing 2,800 people on the fact that they, who were interested in the product need the service, need the product, and then don't contact the business because the call to action isn't clear, it's not concise, it's not, uh, it's not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it's, not, it's not desirable enough. The call to action is not desirable enough. It's not clear as far as how they can contact the business. I think that's a number, a thing, something you should be tracking, something you should be looking at. And so, do I think, so very pointed answer here, Nathan, do I think you're going to get 80 or 100 clients out of this mailing campaign? You very possibly could. Um, I personally think you are going to get around 60. Just knowing the industry, I think you'll get about more around 50 to 60 max. Um, like I said, it's all about timing. Was if, it, if it's with the best the best article on the front newspaper and everyone else, everyone's looking for the newspaper and not your mailer and the week you go out or the day you, your mailer is in that mailbox and all of a sudden no one cares about anything but that front page news article. Like this is all going to affect, there's so many different variables and this goes for digital too. There's just, there's just so many different factors and so to say standard response rates I think is, is really a joke. Um, I could literally send out the same mailer two or three weeks apart from each other in a certain market and know that one is gonna perform five times better than the other just because of the timing, let alone things like the weather and macroeconomic events and uh, political events and news events. And so it's just, you gotta think about these things. There's no standard response rate. I don't believe in that. You gotta test this out yourself, figure out what works for your business and track it to death. So every door direct mail, every door direct marketing, whatever you wanna call it, it works because it's so centralized, but make sure you don't just pump a bunch of money in without tracking what works, what doesn't, and then seeing what the variables to your success are. What time is best? What, uh, when, what, what, what header is the best? What call to action is best? Or is it best when they call you? Is it the best when they text you? Is it the best when they email? What call to action drives results? You gotta be tracking those things. So I hope that helps a little bit, Nathan. I know I didn't directly answer your question. My thoughts on your specific metrics are that you're being a little too optimistic. However, I've seen people be wildly more successful. So that would be my two cents. 
Um, I think the five thousand six hundred dollars could be spent uh, better if you use it a little bit differently, uh, because I don't think you're gonna get a one percent response rate. I might, I think you might you get a one like when people say one percent response rate, people assume that you have this linear path when you start sending multiple mailers. For instance, after one mailer, you might get 05 percent. After two, another mailer goes to the same same house, you might get like a one percent. Then it might go to like three percent. Then it might drop down like point oh four oh oh four percent. Like so, there is no like okay. I'm gonna if I send one out, I'm gonna get twenty, and then I send another one, I'm gonna get twenty more, and then I send another one, out, I'm gonna get twenty more. So, you know, test your market. Every single market is different based on the age of your demographic, the area, all the other things I've mentioned. And so, I think based upon your industry and my experience in your industry, Nathan, I think your 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 response rate is going to look more around 40 to 60 clients maximum, uh, and it could be literally 10. I've seen people blow $5,000 you know, $5, on these mailers and get 10 clients, and if you're in an industry where you are doing you know, $100,000 projects, that is a great return if, you're doing a, if you have a healthy profit margin. If you're doing $100,000 in a project and you get 10 people, you just generate a million dollars in revenue on 5,000 something bucks on in mailers. So you gotta know your market, what you're selling and your profit margins, know your numbers in marketing, know your numbers in your business and I it becomes more of a math equation than anything else. So last thing real quick I wanna touch on, I've got few people ask me about this. Uh, recently a, a gentleman by the name of Justin asked me about a specific company called Responsibid and Basically, there's a whole bunch of these type of companies out there. I'm not going to name them all, but Justin specifically mentioned a company called Responsibid. Basically, it's online quoting. So, um, basically, there's this thing in the service industry that's becoming more and more popular where you can put on your website and customers go to your website, fill out a bunch of information, and then get a quote based upon the pricing matrix that you have put on put in on the back end. And what happens is if they put all their information in then you basically get a notification, an email, whatever, saying, hey, so-and-so wants these services. They've already agreed to pay. They know the prices. You're set up to go. You don't have to go and try to sell them. You don't have to do anything like that. So that's the positive part for you as a business owner. Now, this is the, this is the drawback, and I, I'm 100%. This is the direction I think the service industry is going. Uh, I'm going to be the devil's advocate and kind of go against what I actually think for a second, and that is... Online quoting is great for you as the business owner. Is it really good for the customer? I'm not saying it's not, but this is what you got to think about when you employ these other uh, software companies like Responsibit or even if you do your own form of online quoting like we do in our business. Uh, you got to think about what's the customer experience and is it going to be easier for them to get an online quote and then buy and make it easy for you to come to their house? Like, is it gonna be easier for them to do that? Less friction doing that? Or is it easier for them just to pick up the phone, give you a call, and then let you do the work, and you do the estimate? So far too often, business owners think in terms of what's easiest for them. Of course it'd be easier if jobs just popped up in your inbox, and they they had already paid for it, and they already knew the prices, and they knew when you'd show up, and you know exactly the address, and how many rooms you have to clean, for instance, whatever it is, or if you, like whatever service-based business you're in, if you just knew all of that, and it was just like, bam, like literally jobs just showing up in your email. If, that, if it was that easy, like my goodness, it'd be great, it'd be fantastic. It'd be so easy for you as the small business owner. You wouldn't have to go out and market. You wouldn't have to go out and pitch. You wouldn't have to waste time driving around to different customers' houses or business 
businesses, if you're doing B2B sales, uh, you wouldn't have to waste time on selling people that end up don't buying because all of a sudden they show up your at your uh, uh on your website and they get to decide if they want to buy and then the, you don't aren't notified you aren't bothered you don't have to spend any time until they've committed to making a purchase so that is the positive part it's all great and wonderful for you as the business owner now think about it from the perspective of the customer are they really going to spend 15 minutes on your website filling out all the information for instance if it's cleaning a janitorial for their house are they really going to enter in the square footage of their rooms and the number of bathrooms and the number of toilets and how high the ceilings are and how many windows they have and the size of those windows and how many stories they have and if they have gutters and if they have covers on the gutters and if they have uh, windows facing the north or the south or what their address is even or how old the house is the square footage of the lot. Like, are they going to actually answer all those questions? Because I went through some of these in, in doing some research on Responsibid and other services. There's some that literally it takes a good 10 to 15 minutes for that customer to get that online quote. The thing is, they know at the end of that that rabbit trail, they, they're not stupid. Like, they know that it's, a, it's an algorithm that they're punching these numbers into. So they can either A, cheat the system. They can put in smaller square footages and, you know, kind of get around a little bit you know you know take a little off they can do that or they can you know get frustrated after 5 minutes of punching in numbers and going out and getting a tape measure and measuring their rooms they might get frustrated and not finish going all the way through because there's more friction involved than that than it is picking up the phone and asking some other janitorial service to come do the legwork for you to make the estimate for you so yes I'm a big fan of online quoting. I think that's the direction things are going. But I would ask yourself the question, is it easier? Is it better because it's easy for you or is it better because it's easier for the customer? I promise you the customer wants to do wants to save time. They want to save money. They also don't want to have to go do a minutia and be running around and filling out forms online. If it, if they can get order an estimate uh, by calling your office in 30 seconds, there's no way you're going to convince me that they would rather spend 20 minutes getting the same information by by them inputting all the data into your website. I just don't see that being a less friction of a less a friction. I don't see that being a frictionless transaction. Uh, I think that they're going to go for the thing that saves them the most time, and that's going to be calling you and having you do the work. So whether or not you want to do the work is up to you as far as if you want to go out and do the estimate and measure the rooms and count the, the toilets and the, the bedrooms and the bathrooms. Uh, whether or not you want to do that is up to you. You're not going to, you're going to have a lower closing ratio because people are going to fall out on your on, online, and that's fine. It's all about your business model. If you don't want those type of people, if you don't want too much business, if you're already growing fast enough – like that's a great way to vet people out and not waste time is to use something where they are going to only you're only going to spend time with them if they've committed to buy and if they've already seen your pricing and they know what you're all about and you're not wasting time on 50% of people that get estimates and you have to spend time with and then they don't even close the sale. So, do I like online quoting? Yes. And the reason I do like that and the reason, you know, it sounds like I'm the devil advocate a whole bunch there about the whole customer experience not being as good. Like the bottom line is, you don't want someone having filling out forms on your website. I just believe that it's not, it's not sustainable. It's not 
uh, if the customer experience is negative or it's less, like they're going to go for the easiest route. They're going to go for the way that saves the most time that is the least amount of friction. So when you think about customer experience, think about friction and ask yourself the question, if your customer experience that you're giving your customers, it, where can where are the points of friction and where can you reduce those points of friction uh, to make the transaction more seamless? And so now you're asking the question, well, Wow, you seem really negative. Well, guess what? We do online quoting with our company. Our, but what we do is we've integrated it where they can call us and get an estimate within a couple minutes. So we have taken out the need to send out estimators to most of our jobs by using technology. However, we don't make them input square footage of their lawn or um, you know what, lo- what their location is. They can call us or they can even text us and within a matter of 30 seconds, give us their information. Then within a few minutes, we can email them so they don't have to be on the phone, they don't have to stay on the line. They can just give us information, the information we need to make an estimate. We can get the square footages. We, If we have to, we can go send an estimator out and get it back to them within a couple hours. But usually we can get it within a few minutes, send that in an email, save them time, reduce the amount of friction they have to have, and reduce the time, take the time out of the equation. Time is the biggest friction, in my opinion, of any sales process. I just literally made that up on the spot, but it's good. Time is the biggest friction in your sales process. So if you look at your sales process, how do you take out friction? Reduce the amount of time it takes to go from a prospect to a lead to a paying customer. You wanna take out time out of the equation. And how do you do that? You try to beat people to the estimate. So for instance, if someone right now wants to get a lawn care estimate in my area, they're gonna do, they have a few options. They can call someone else, and that person might take a few days to come out to their property, look around, get them an estimate. They could call someone, uh, another you know, one of my other competitors, and they could uh, have someone at the very best, the very best com- companies in my area will get an estimate to them within 24 hours. Or they can call me. Now, this is the thing. They're gonna let's say they call all three of us. By the time, you know, in the, let's say another competitor has one of these online quoting things like response bid where they got to fill out square footages, they got to fill out a whole bunch of other information, what type of treatments they want, what type, what cut length they want, if they want their clippings bagged, if they don't want to bag, they have to answer a big long list. And let's say it takes 15, 10 minutes, let's just say 10 minutes to fill out all of that and get, uh, get a bid. Because this you know, competitor of mine is very progressive and, and is very good. 10 minutes to get an estimate. All right, so number one guy, my number one competitor, he goes out there and it takes him three days to get the estimate. My number two competitor, he has responsibility or some other one of these, I'm not picking on responsibility, all these, one of these other online quoting companies or even someone has a contact form that is really, really long so they get a ton of information and they get an estimate really fast. That person, let's say they, get, they fill out the whole form, it takes them 10 minutes and they're able to get uh, they are able to get that estimate within 10 minutes of filling out information. However, the customer had to spend 10 minutes of their time on your website doing you a service of doing the work that you would usually have to do. All right, now my company that someone calls and they spend 30 seconds to a minute giving contact information, some other information that we need, we can get all that within 30 seconds to a minute. They hang up and within three minutes in their inbox 
is their estimate in writing different options it's all been customized it's all been has templates and it's all standardized as far as the email and the documents that's attached and literally within three to four minutes of them picking up the phone they have an estimate that they can click buy on and they can make a buying decision guess who's gonna win that transaction not only were we about half the amount of time from 10 minutes to like five minutes as far as when the estimate was provided we did the work for them they spent 30 like some people say we did half in half the amount of time as the guy that did the online contact form i would argue to say we did it 10 times faster because my client spent a minute talking to us on the phone whereas they would have to my competitor had to spend 10 minutes on their website doing work for the employee uh, for the employer for the company by filling in all this information we do the work for them we create systems and procedures to make sure that we can do that work without with and still be efficient and we are able to get to the customer before anyone else does. That's the beauty of online quoting, but if you do it wrong, you're gonna scare a lot of people away going from prospective client to, to the people that are interested to the people that actually finish that contact form, all the different square footages and numbers and things you need from them. And there's always a chance that they're wrong or that they put the wrong square footage in and the numbers go out of whack and then they buy and then when you see their property or you see their house and there's there's four bedrooms not not three and all of a sudden you're left with the job of telling them that they their price definitely go up so like it's very uh it's funny how 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 many of these sites are popping up there's literally dozens uh that are doing these online quoting and services i would really recommend before you get involved with one check them out talk to people that are using them and i don't mean just listen to the reviews online like Find someone that's actually using their service and see how it works for them. And then actually go to a company that is using that service and try to get an estimate from them. And ask yourself the question, is it easy to pick up the phone or to email them or to text them? Or is this really the least amount of friction? Is this the least amount of friction it is to get an estimate or to get a sale to transact? Uh, and if the answer is no, I would wait. I would wait. I think technology is going to get better. I think it's going to catch up. And it's going to get better at things like automating knowing square footage of lots and size of houses and getting information from Zillow as far as number of bedrooms and things like that and year the house was made and height of the of like for cleaning service and things like that. I think it's going to get better and better and better and eventually this will be an old topic as far as like everyone will be online quoting. However, I think right now you've got to really balance it out and play with it on your own. So what I mean by that is do something like we're doing right now, a hybrid online quoting where you, they can use technology, where you use technology on your end, make the customer experience less frictionless, but don't make them, and by making them still get an estimate fast, but making you do the work, your company do the work, and focus on you creating the systems to make that efficient process and where you can still get an estimate fast. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that it clears up a little bit and kind of gives the pros and cons of online quoting. Uh, and it's the same thing with EDDM. It's just a very much of a process of marketing. What can you do to reduce the amount of, uh, of, of friction from the time someone's interested to the time they actually contact your business? I would focus on that. I would obsess about that, and I promise your marketing results will increase. This is Mike Andes. You've been listening to Business Bootcamp Podcast. If you have a question on how to start, grow, or save your business, go to businessbootcamppodcast.com or email me at businessbootcamppodcast at gmail.com. I want to hear from you how I can help you start, grow, or save your business. I have heard some probably about 
probably about seven or eight of you today from last episode of how to sell and how to buy businesses and a lot of you are asking about you know potential acquisitions that you're wanting to make and whether or not it's a good deal it's been a lot of fun playing with some of you on those numbers seeing what works seeing what doesn't again mike andy's business bootcamp podcast until next time be great because nothing else pays